Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. I like how you turn and look at me when you say that. Like hi. You're not sitting next to me on a couch. Uh, like, hi, Dan. <laughs> nice to see you. I'm surprised you're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice to see you. How's the week, man? It's not going by fast enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me about it. I'm we, so excited to get out of town. We are leaving next week, well, for half a week, um, and I am like a kid at Christmas. Like, I'm yep. like... I'm waking up thinking, is it today? Is it today? It's like fresh so. shaved, fresh haircut. Oh, ready yeah, to go. well, yeah, I'm not sure how this is going to go. I haven't had, I don't think, I have not had a beard since we had the McLarens given to us. And I don't know That's how right. many years ago that was. Yeah. And so um, my face is getting some air. Um, if anybody wants to give us some McLarens to borrow for a week, yeah, again, I mean, we will shave. Yeah, I'll shave. I've done a lot worse for a <laughs> not lot Not even in the car this time. Nope. <laughs> Such a hard thing to clean up. <laughs> anyway, get, get those little hairs out of the seats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had the guys from Hydraulic Solutions out today. Ooh. Yeah, uh, they did the core samples of my concrete, which was fine. Okay. And then uh, we looked at all sorts of different ways we're going to place it, but okay. uh, just just to have them out and get a second opinion. But no, we're going with uh, the idea you came up with. Oh, so, wait, I was about to say, yeah. is it still going there? Okay. Yeah. So cool. we're going to cut out that section. Uh, I'll post some of this online. Yes, I did post to my Instagram because I'm going to post some updates on the shop. I could not believe it. It's I know. Like it's I was been tagged like, it's in been something. two years. Yeah. yeah I know. So. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm posted that so people have been asking for shop updates so I'll show people a picture of the mezzanine that we're going to cut out mm-hmm. and where that side door is going to go. Okay. That's so, going to be neat. Yeah. So, uh, question. When they do a core sample, do they drill in the area where they think they're going to put a bolt anyways? So yes. that you don't have a hole in case? Yes. Go- okay. Yeah. He yeah. measured it out before he drilled in sure. so that it would be like, yep, this is where we will do it. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. sure. Me, after having those guys on the show, I'm, I'm sure he could do it his eyes closed. But yeah. Awesome. No, they were great. Okay. So, it was good to see them today. And then, um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I insulated the sliding doors. Yeah. It's like, it looks like the inside of a spaceship in there. Yeah, it's getting there. I mean, did it make it really hot in there today? Like, did you no? No, it, no, it made it cooler. It made it cooler. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, because those are where all the heat comes in. It's you know oh, those doors, the doors face. Okay, um, excuse me, face east. One of the directions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's just burning sun on there all day. <laughs> sure. So got a little more insulation to do, but that worked out great. Awesome. So well, yeah. after this, I'm going to Lowe's. I'm going to pick up some. Uh, I'm sorry, where? I'm going to Lowe's instead of Home what? Depot. What? They have, you the, have a fever. Yeah, I know. I usually go to Home Depot, but <laughs> they have the deck supports. I want. On your, oh, deck for. Uh, oh, for the deck. Yeah, okay, for the, got, yeah, the, got it. Okay. Another deck. I'm right at a raised pathway from where the concrete is, is to okay. where the hose is, everything. So I just kind of. Sorry, I've just never heard you say the L word. That's, I know. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the so L word. So. I still love you, Nick. It's oh, okay. okay. There it is. There it is. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as, as all of you know, Dan has. Uh, I mean, we joke, but usually after we record, Dan either goes to Costco or Home Depot yes. or both. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. Welcome to being well in your known. 40s and a homeowner, folks. Right? This is what you have to look forward to. Maybe some Bed Bath & Beyond, even. <laughs> take the, red, out of business, didn't take they? the red dragon out? Yeah, they're totally out of business, yeah. <laughs> yeah Trust me. Say. Yeah, they're totally Yeah, out of so we stopped doing that. It's just Costco and Home Depot and Lowe's now. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. You no. know, it's, it's adulthood is, uh, it hurts more. But, it know. just gives me more projects to do. Sure. So I'm yeah. looking forward to using the bike lift and getting the car lift installed. Oh, yeah, yep. we, we got some monkey work to do this week. We got monkey around. <laughs> no. Yeah, so, so motorcycle yeah. work. Um, speaking of which, that brings us to our Carter Automotive Group tip of the week. Oh, thank God you have one. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So, okay. This was actually a, a recent purchase I made. So if you're looking, people looking at locking pliers or vice grips or pipe wrenches, um, they all work basically the same way. Nice jagged teeth. You grab onto something that's round or rounded. <laughs> And you twist. The problem is, is when you're working on cars, you don't often want to, if you are 
maybe you don't have the right size wrench because it's a big a big nut. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't often want to mar all that up mm-hmm. with a, a, a pair of ice grips or something. And if they slip, you're going to just scratch really deep into that. And your knuckles are going to get taken off by something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, there is a thing out there that um, I think everybody should have. I'm not being paid for this, but I wish they would. Hey, Knipix in Germany, if you want to send me tools, that would be awesome. Okay. But Knipix has these, they're called locking um, locking bolt nut pliers okay. and they're not a vice grip they do not have teeth they they lock flat they are a flat non-marring plier specifically for this but they lock in like a vice grip okay and they have a quick adjust just like their cobra pipe wrench pliers and these things are like man once you have them you'll be like why didn't i buy these a long time did ago you, did you get them online or did you order yeah them from i ordered them from i ordered them in a set um they weren't part of the prime day sale or anything like that it's just they went on on sale because it's usually about they list for about 200 bucks for a set of three okay which for quality tools not that much this is this is definitely in the in the realm of lifetime tools you buy this it's got a lifetime warranty they've been around forever it's getting passed down to the dog yes, yeah yeah the <laughs> next person's getting this after yeah. i pass away and they're still going to be good sure but man when it comes to just like in their quick adjust so if you're working at something with nice and like big and open, or you want a trail tool because you don't want to carry a ton of wrenches, this is a great thing when you've got a lot of space Sounds to work nice. with. Okay. Or if you're just working on stuff you don't want to mar up the finish. Like if you're doing internal pipe fittings that are chrome inside your house and you need a, something like a big wrench without using a pipe wrench, and all pipe wrenches are going to be really have a lot of jagged teeth on them. This yeah. is the kind of tool you want to use. And so got these the other day. I was just working on some stuff in the garage and, you know, they popped up. So it's like, yeah, I've been, they've been on my list for like a year. And I got them. I was like, oh man, these are nice. So anyway, um, yeah, if you guys out there are working on maybe some older stuff, um, cars that you, you know, cars where every nut and bolt, maybe you got something you're restoring. This is a great set of pliers to have around that won't screw up your vehicle. So highly recommend those. Check them out if you're looking for a, a worthwhile specialty tool that'll last you a lifetime. Check them out online. I'll post a link just so people look, can look out of mind. Remember when we were young and our list included like toys and wakeboards and, and, and tubes to pull behind boats? And now oh, I, like, still oh, pliers. Pliers. Yeah. I still got some Transformers this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, and some true. Legos. We both got Legos this year. Yeah. I think I still own one of those those manta wings that they, that they wanted to recall and I refused to send it back. The ones you tow behind the yes. boat and it flies. <laughs> those are so fun. I, I never had a problem because I was so fat it didn't come off the water enough. But like, I, yeah, okay. It's so. like lawn darts playing catch with your friends. Oh, Nobody wants I, to send those back. I miss lawn darts, <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Speaking of, so we're getting ready to do this long trip to McCall, Idaho on the Honda Monkeys. Yep. Uh, Nick is the only one smart enough to redo his seat on his Honda Monkey like because it gets more miles than any other bike we have, which is... Sad but true. Three thousand miles. It's really happy 3, but true, miles. actually. Yeah. Yep. And it got me thinking as I as we go up there, we will inevitably take the Raptor off road too. If you're looking for some great off roading of any kind of vehicle, you have wide, small. If you got something fat and heavy like my Raptor, you have something actual off road worthy like a new Jeep or a Bronco. Then Idaho is a great place to go. Mm-hmm. The problem is, and I find this consistently, is even in the highest end trucks like my Raptor or a TRX, the seats suck. I'm a big, pretty big dude. I'm about 220 pounds, and I'm six foot one, and I'm a big guy. But in that seat, off road, I'm getting tossed around like this thing shouldn't. Like it's got a, a foam, like I don't know what you'd call it. Trucks are built for people that are wider than they are tall, Dan. That's true. Yeah. That's so, what it yeah. feels like. Yeah. And every time I go off road, like I'm the truck is comments for that one. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's okay. It's worth okay. It. But yeah, so it drives me nuts because like if you look at any aftermarket seat. It's almost always an upgrade, and don't get me wrong. And the Raptor has Recaros. I'm using my quote fingers up, fingers up here because they just have like Recaro trim, and you're like, okay, you shoved a name on it, and that's about it. It's Ford Recaro. Yeah, yep. it's just, it's Recaro as craftsman as craftsman now. Okay. Yeah, let's just put our name on anything and call it good. 
So what so, would you do? I mean, what can you do? Well, I mean, in my case, because I have airbags in my seat and I have ventilated seats, the only thing I can really do is probably have the foam redone by a custom holster, and it's going to cost me a fortune. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're lucky and you have like an 80 series Land Cruiser or a vintage sports car or like if you if you had like, I'm thinking like a classic Porsche or a classic German, you know, like a BMW, like from the 70s. Porsche is so, going to be different. The seats are going to be so small, you're going to want them bigger. But yeah. Yeah, my Porsche was great. But I mean, like until you get to sports cars, you, in the real sports cars now, you didn't have that option. And if you look at older sports cars, look at an old Camaro, mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, like the worst seats ever. Like, here's your bench. Good luck. I mean, it's just made for like, you know, assaulting the person next to you as they slide into you. Yeah. So on so many levels. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, we have some guests today that can tell us all about better seat upgrades for our vehicles. And if I had my Land Cruiser still, these guys would be at the top of my list because these guys build seats for not just holding you in nice and tight, but for comfort, for long drives, which you and I love to do, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, Toby and Nicole, welcome to the show. Toby and Nicole are with Schielmann Seats, the Longtime German supplier of, cl- of classic and beautiful seats, but uh, welcome to the show, both of you, and uh, yeah, tell us how you got there, and tell us about your seats, and tell us about life. What are you oh, sitting geez. on, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thanks yeah. for having us, man. Uh, <laughs> I like how this started out with tools, because this is this is going right up, right up my alley. Um, go. Good tools and good seats go hand in hand. Um, the... Uh, yeah, so we're fortunate enough to be the the North American distributors for this this old famous brand of seats, Schilman, um, that had that had been um, missing from the market from about the late '80s until seven years ago, when we found out that they were still making seats in in the same village, um, just north of Stuttgart, but they weren't doing any um, marketing outside of Germany. So if you were um, if you had an old truck or an old car in Germany, you could buy their seats, but nobody else had that privilege. So um, over the last seven years, Nicole and I have been slowly building the brand back up and, and getting the seats out to uncomfortable people that are now comfortable. So, I mean, let, let's go back a little bit on two things. One, kind of where Shielman came from originally, and then two, where your love came, where you sat there one day and you went, you know what? we really like sitting down and we don't want to do it in our house and our cars, you know, maybe the cars suck. Let's build, let's, let's find a place to do this. Give me, give me background on both, please. <laughs> well, I'm going to go back a little bit farther than I normally probably would, but okay. I had a very weird childhood. Um, Welcome my, to the club. My, my, yeah, yeah. We I'm the, the only one that had a weird childhood. <laughs> yeah. Kool-Aid is um, awesome. <laughs> I, I, I moved all over the, the U.S. probably like 80 times by the time I graduated high school, which, which meant that I, a lot of the time was in a car. And so um, the cars and motor, motorized vehicles were absolutely like captivated every every moment of my day and um and so the second i could i had a car before i was 14 years old waiting for my permit at 15 and um and just sucking up every piece of information i could get from any magazine that i could find wherever i was living and um just very focused on anything with wheels so um we had 
one of those old vehicles I had over time was a, a Land Rover Defender. And the Land Rover Defender has notoriously bad seats, but they also have a, 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 a function of the original seats that makes it very difficult to change to a new seat. And the, the battery is under the driver's seat, so that the squab that you sit on pops out so that you can get to the battery to change it out or give yourself a jump start. Um, so I, I had this truck with these bad battery, bad, bad seats, and I saw some... Oh, it had really, a bad battery, too. Don't say it like uh, it yeah. <laughs> Many bad batteries. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, at least yeah. at least many. Yeah. Um, and I found this 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 little obscure advertisement on some German website for um, these Schilman seats, and I knew because I'm a car dork, um, the brand historically, but I, th I think I thought they had gone out of business in the 80s and had been long gone. And so I reached out uh, to buy seats for the Defender and and they said, yeah, thanks for your interest, but we don't have any dealers outside of Germany. Um, so if you want them, you got to buy them here and ship them back to the U.S. And so that's that... Um, that started the whole thing. Like they wanted you to fly there and buy them and then ship them back, or, or just? I think that was insinuated, but oh. um, yeah, they didn't. They didn't offer shipping terms at that time. So <laughs> you, uh, you, you buy them here, then you go to the post office, you get them home. Oh yeah, yeah it probably would have been outrageously carry on, expensive. No big deal. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Nicole, and I, we never heard from Nicole yet, by the way. Um, Hi, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get into this business? Did Toby just rope you into it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Kicking and screaming. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Um, I grew up, actually, in as a kid, my dad was really into American muscle cars. So I grew up, as a kid, going to the hot rod shows in California and... Uh, so everything I grew up with was American cars, and then I really just enjoyed uh, European cars from an age of myself of just just how they look. I love that boxy 80s style. It's really like my preference. And so when Toby and I got together, it was like perfect match because he had at that time several vehicles <laughs> already. So uh, yeah, and then it just slippery slope from there. Sounds like a perfect pairing. <laughs> love and love brought together by the automobile. Yeah. And seats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and seats. Yeah. Well, I mean. Do they like make a bench seat? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. I was looking through your Instagram and I do see some uh, Defender pics here. So, so how did we get the, from the progression? What, what, what work were you in when you had the Defender and before you did this? You know, I had a really cool job. There's a, um, a local company here in Portland called Saw Stop Table Saws that makes table saws that don't cut your fingers off. Saw Stops are awesome. Yeah, Way out of my so, price range for what I do. Is that the one where like, they put the hot dog yeah. in? It? Okay, I yeah, like those that. are okay, awesome. Cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, so that I was the international... Um, sales rep for those guys handling like Toby's like I was in R&D and he puts his hand up like three fingers yeah <laughs> he was uh, he got to do the demos exactly yeah. you can yeah. do it again come on I don't want to do yeah. it again yeah <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was a really cool cool opportunity to have that job that was really fun did you did you go to school for that type of thing <laughs> I went I did not go to school. I went to school for yeah for for um. No, I meant is there a degree in saw stops? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's another Doctor, old story. Doctors, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Very nice. <laughs> what were you saying though, Toby? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I've had sugar today. I apologize. No, it's that's yeah. good. <laughs> so I mean, obviously, you know, you found out that you needed to go. So did you go to Germany to buy the seats? So funny enough is. Um, 
the somebody you know, offered me a lot of money for the Land Rover Defender. So I, I actually, the impetus for this whole project was for the Defender. And um, what made it all possible is that somebody wanted the Defender more than I did. And they paid a lot of money for it. And I took that money and bought the first um, shipment of seats. And we paid for and had those made before we went over to visit and meet anybody and, and really solidify anything. We were just... I think I was just absolutely convinced that that um, this was an awesome idea, and I'm really interested in well-made things. And philosophically, I felt, especially at that time, that companies like Recaro had been bought out so many times, and they had moved their production offshore. And there, there really is not a lot of things that are still made in Germany by people that are artisanal and care about the quality and. Um, so more than the fact that it was a car product and it was a Defender product or a seat, you know, I was more interested in the fact that it was a well-made product that you could not buy a seat. To this day, I don't feel like we have any competitors because there's no one still making things properly with, with passion. So that was what I was excited about. And so I, I didn't even um, go over to see him first. I just was all in. Wow. Um, and, and, I like and that. Then, yeah. And then luckily when we went and met the um, the company that's actually a, a family-owned um, company, they had just transitioned the leadership to the fourth generation and and uh, she's, oh, she. And so it's a- Fraulein. Year, yeah, Fraulein. <laughs> yes. um, uh, Christina Greiner. Okay. Um, and so it's, they share the same passion for, the, what I, I call it sustainability, but- um, maybe not the way other people think of it. Um, this company, the, the factory is right in the middle of this small village of Pleidelsheim. And a lot of the people that work there um, come just walking in from the village. And so for them, um, having the, their company be sustainable as far as for another hundred years is the most important thing. So that they're not trying to make some arbitrary number of seats or some arbitrary amount of growth or, um, you know, they, they just want to do things right and they want to have it keep going for a long time. So um, they were willing to start small with me and allow me to grow the business properly and with the right partners and um, not just push for some, you know, huge sales numbers. And it's, and it's still like that. So um, it's really unique in that respect. Yeah, it's really cool how sustainable it is. And it's, it's fun working with a female CEO, and she's our age. And, and so really, we're, we're growing together, which is exciting, too. And um, it's, it's a great partnership. When yeah. you when you go to the factory and you sit down with them, do they have good seats in the in the conference room? I just have to ask. <laughs> okay. exactly. Um, we can like talk more about it later. Either but be we're... really funny or just to have like like the absolute crappiest seats and be like, what the heck? <laughs> no, no, yeah. So now uh, we're heavily into seats. So I, I know I mean I know that do they have actual contracts and things like that with Land Rover and things like that? Do they base the seats on like I'm going to use Land Rover as an example? Like are they taking an existing Land Rover seat and then making it their own, or are they making a completely new uh, bespoke seat? We only make completely new bespoke seats, okay. and um, we make we've had they've had special editions. So the, the Land Rover Defender was a very popular seat or very popular car in Germany. And, and that's 
that's why they made this special seat. So um, their their customer for the Defender in Germany is hunters and farmers and construction workers. So it's like the F-150 um, kind of if you think about it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had partnerships and special editions where you could buy a brand new Defender in Germany, but with our seats at the dealer. Um, and then there's some other, there's some other cool part, con- contemporary partnerships that we are part of. Um, if you if you ever go skiing, there's a very popular brand of snow groomer called a piston bully. That's there's a, they're a red cab and they're, they're like the top tier snow groomer. Yeah, I've seen those. yeah. Every single one of those has Shilman seats. So we make, um, like under contract, every single one of those seats. Um, and then historically, um, partnered with like BMW and um, Ford Motorsports to make special edition seats. So never every seat in every car, but only like the really special top of the line um, special edition seats. Sure. I mean, and, and I think that's one thing that, you know, we've talked, Dan and I have talked about it a lot in the fact of loving to drive. There's so many times you get in a car. I mean, Porsche is a pretty example and you're, it's such a great car and you go, these, I can't sit in these seats that long. I just can't do it. Like it's just, yeah. And I don't get that. I don't get that disconnect where you can build such a beautiful car and then go, well, wait a minute. Well, well it's fine. They'll want to get out anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if I was Porsche or you know, Land Rover or any car manufacturer trying to design a seat that fit your customer, but you don't know who the customer is yet, um, is probably one of the, the biggest challenges that you would face as a designer. So when we sell our seats, the first question we ask is how tall are you and how much do you weigh? And are you disproportionately, um, like proportioned versus like legs versus, versus torso? Because the the worst possible thing is to, is to have a seat. It might be the best seat in the world, but if it doesn't fit you, it's the worst seat in the world. Um, and, and so we have that ability to kind of pair up the human with the seat. And then we have some unique seats that are very adjustable. And so, like in a, a really common use model, um, you know, one person in the couple might be six foot three and the other one might be five foot three. And we have seats that will adjust enough to conform to both people. And so there's no compromise. I see. I'm drooling over some of the seats I wish I had because, <laughs> like I said, I can't swap mine out because of the airbags. But at the same time, like, man, I wish. You just need a new car to put seats in. Oh, yeah, I should probably yeah, do, do that. that. Yeah, I got one ordered. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of these are going to fit in my Triumph, so we're, we're going to keep looking. But, um, yeah. What model Triumph? Uh, 1959 TR3. Yeah. Oh, cool. We talk about disproportional seats. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, I mean, the, the, it springs through it, and oh, I won't get into that. <laughs> so. uh, I'm drooling over your social media. You've got a lot of different applications here. Um, everything, for, I mean, a lot of Overland stuff. Obviously, that's exploded, especially over the last few years. But also, I'm looking at, you know, por- classic vintage Porsches. I mean, everything in between. Yep. Really good stuff. So let, let's talk about the process. So I have a vintage Porsche, and I come into you, and I go, I hate this. I hate this interior. I, I mean, I hate my seats. Okay. Yep. So obviously, you're gonna be, you're gonna get very pry and want to know how tall I am and how much I weigh. None of your business. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you should know by the dent I'm making in this couch. Um, and then, and then, is it, uh, is there a certain design like to the point where I gotta, I gotta put my words through my mouth here, <laughs> like. 
is there do you start with a certain base or is can any base go in this and then and then you can make it work in my Porsche and you can come up with whatever Porsche I have. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think <laughs> yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So yeah. the the bottom of all of our seats is is essentially exactly the same size. The bolt pattern is exactly the same and the footprint of the bottom of the seat is exactly the same. And so we make sliding rails that bolt to the bottom of our seat and then there's a a pre-existing network of of companies that make adapter brackets that adapt our seats to a variety of different cars. And so we, we kind of work together on that. But a Porsche is a little bit unique in that our seats, our sliding rails just bolt right into a, a G-Body or a uh, like a 993 or 964. Yeah, that's exactly what I have in my mind. It's a 9964. That's what it is. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you do know me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I love the colors and the patterns. I love that you guys brought back Pasha, by the way. Speaking of that blue <laughs> Pasha, I love it's one of my favorite interior designs ever because it's just kind of out there. It's just pronounced Posh, and that's a Spice Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Get it right, Dan. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, no, um, what do you, what do you, are, do you have one vehicle that you guys share? I mean, what are you guys both driving? And what seats do you have in your car and or, or truck and why? The oh, cobbler's wow. kid never has good shoes. <laughs> yeah. Where do we start? Oh, boy. Oh, Nicole, I, you, you keep laughing every time he starts to tell a story. So I, you, it's time to Just throw him under the bus. What yeah. do you got? Okay, so yeah. what, what cars do we have? Um, so we've got a 1996 993 Porsche 993 um, and then we have a 1974 Porsche 911 we have a 1960 356 Cabriolet B uh, we have a 2000 Mercedes G500 the Europa so uh, still kind of old school classic awesome solid truck and then we've got what year is the Wolf 91 1991 uh, G-Wagon Wolf uh, Cabriolet and then we um, cool. have a 1988 G-Wagon rally truck that Toby and I just raced the Nora 1000 down Baja a couple months ago. Um, and then you guys are got, cool. <laughs> and then we've got a couple Sprinter vans. Are you looking uh, to adopt a child? The Halflinger. Or two? Oh, yeah, sorry. The Halflinger. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we've got a little uh, Halflinger made by uh, Steyr. Steyr Pook. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got, of course, motorcycles, scooters. It's dangerous. <laughs> I've never wanted to be problem. friends with people I know. more than these. Um, so <laughs> I'm not insulting any of our other friends, but wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the Fiat. We've got a, a Fiat okay. 500, a okay. new one in a Barth. Nice. Oh, nice. Sorry, like you as in 10 years old now. Yeah, yeah. still a perfect little runaround vehicle. It's great, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this Baja run. Yeah. Uh, I was not aware of that. Um, did you put good seats in it? We did. <laughs> we did. Okay. Talk about how the, how you guys got into that. Where'd that yeah. come from? That's a Nicole story. Okay. <laughs> so for a couple of years, Toby was helping crew one of the uh, teams here that Ross Sport was racing 911s in the uh, Nora 1000. So he was helping them when they first started doing it. And uh, year two, I joined them at the end of the race. And there was just so much excitement and passion and just the camaraderie was amazing. So we're at the award ceremony and uh, everything is just this amazing ball of energy. And I was like, dude, we should do this and we should do it in a G-Wagon. And he's like, yeah, no, you're crazy. And I was like, no, really, I, I think we should do this. Um, so that was, was that 20... 18, 2017. And so I've been uh, was subtly dropping hints about, no, I'm, I'm serious about this. I 
few years back, I booked us for a, a three-day course at Dirtfish, and uh, then I started going down the rabbit hole of looking at different vehicles because, you know, G-Wagon race cars aren't just, like, easy to come by. Yeah. <laughs> so we started looking at side-by-sides, and then uh, luckily a G-Wagon rice truck that was already prepped had popped up on the market. Um, I guess not the open market, but essentially we were going to be participating in the safari class that the Nora 1000 offered. And so it was great because it was non-competitive. It was a way to get out there and experience it without having a race prepped vehicle or a suit or a helmet. I think Toby also thought that was a good way to uh, appease what I was looking for. Like, ah, she'll do this and then we'll move on to the next thing. Good man, Toby. Uh, (laughs) So uh, through that process, he had reached out to um, a friend of ours who has a shop uh, in in, uh, Santa Fe and Mark at OCD and said, Hey, I'm going to be prepping this truck to do the safari class. Just want to pick your brain on some shocks and that sort of conversation. And Mark kept referencing the rally truck. And Toby's like, where's the rally truck today? And so we found out it was sitting on uh, one of the owner's ranch in Santa Fe. And so we reached out to him and said, Hey, uh, would you sell it to us? And so that's, um, we reached out to William and William's like, well, you know, it's not for sale, but I like where you guys are going and it's really cool that you want to race it. So I'll sell it to you. So we flew to Santa Fe and bought a rally truck and that's what we raced this year. Do you imagine your significant other coming up to you and goes, I'd like to race. Like, Toby, what's wrong with you? <laughs> well, mine has said that, but she wants an RAV10+. That's, that's, okay, I, I, you, you do understand that. Okay, I, yeah, I get that. Like, do, okay, so... Toby, and, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make you look good here. Did you think she was crazy when she said this, or did you think she was just sort of up in the hype? And, and did, did, she, did you know she was the coolest woman well, ever? Yeah, uh, da, that. <laughs> I know she's the coolest woman ever to walk the earth. That's for go. damn sure. There you go. Um, <laughs> the, the year that, I mean, I, every year that, you, that I've done it with, with Rossport has had its own challenges. And, you know, sometimes we're changing 911 motors in the, the wind storms all night long um, with dust flying everywhere and sometimes parts are you know getting ripped off the corner of the car there's challenges and and I am a lot of things but I'm not a mechanic or a professional mechanic and so to race a car I knew that there's a that mechanical element of keeping the car going through the five days of racing and g wagons have rare parts that are um, maybe a little bit harder to come by in the the back country of Mexico. And so I was looking at it much more from the pragmatic, like, Oh my God, I just did this thing and it's really hard. And, um, I can't imagine doing it in a G wagon. Um, but here we are. We Nicole, you showed G-Wagon. up on the last day. You do not understand what's exactly. happening. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He's like, yeah, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's driving? Um, you know, Nicole is, a, this is a really weird thing to say, but I drove the whole way, but that's not because Nicole's not a really badass driver. It's that I'm a really horrible navigator and she doesn't <laughs> trust me. So, uh, she, we, we did this, the Nora Safari class together and she, the, the, what's really, really a really great part of this is that they, um, they give you an, a, a proper like FIA, um, rally book that has all of the turn by turn instructions with all the hazards and, and so she was the navigator at first and she memorized all of the pictograms that are in the um all of the that mean all the different things and and she just did a really great job and um and then i the last day i i threw her the keys and i'm like nicole if you don't do this right now if you don't drive um you're not it's going to be over and you're not going to have a chance to drive it's, it's done and so 
I grabbed the rally book and I sat in the passenger seat and I'm much more of a like watch the road instead of watch the book kind of person. And I think I might've dropped the book on the ground and, and, and she asked me for a very specific like waypoint, like, where are we at? And I'm like, I have no idea where we're at. And, <laughs> we're and right here. We're right here. We're doing <laughs> yeah. great. Just keep where your eyes on the road. Where you are. So it was a little bit more complicated than that, but the, she, she realized that I don't have the the detail-oriented like navigator mindset that she might have. So um, in the race, she was the navigator, and she really did a great job. So we had a very smooth run because of her good navigation. Yeah, it was actually really nice. I think it was more relaxing not trading back and forth during the race because you can just get in. For me, I can just stay in that navigator mode, and he can stay in driver mode and just focus for the five days to get through it. You talk about couples bonding in Little Mexico. <laughs> yeah. She had five Don't days of telling me what, me what to do. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to listen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a ch- I will drive no us choice. off the road. <laughs> nice. So what did you guys have to do to this this G-Wagon to get it prepped? I mean, obviously you did put your seats in it, I'm assuming. So, yeah. yeah. So okay. very seriously, that was, a, that was a lot of the impetus was to – because we have – people that use our, our seats and they never go off-road and we have other people that go off-road for a few hours um, and I've obviously been off-road but never like in a race situation so we wanted to test the seats and so that was that was a big change obviously um, and everything else was um, it was just basically reliability stuff so rewiring a lot of things that had been sitting in the desert and got crusty and um, you know just double checking a lot of the nut and bolts and um, we rebuilt the shocks we it had been rolled in the last race they had they had launched off a sand dune in the sun like the the sun was in their eyes and they went a little too fast um, and been it there. kind of crushed, <laughs> crushed uh, the whole side of the truck in and we there's a lot more to the story, but we, we found a local body shop to fix that last minute. And, um, and then we, yeah, changed the, the type of race it had been in was a navigational race called the Sonora rally that you only have a, a digital compass and a really precise, um, odometer. And so the, you're navigating with those two types of um, information. And the race that we did is a, a stage rally where you get a GPS track and you know exactly where you are on the GPS. Um, and you need a radio to communicate with your team and your the other people that are racing with. So we had to put a radio in it. We had to change the navigational stuff and rewire a lot of the truck. Um, and then mostly just like kind of getting it back up to nut, nut and bolted. So... Not too bad then. Amazing. Yeah, an, it really did. It did great for an, for an old truck that was built, you know, almost ten years ago. Um, it was super reliable and fast and um, pretty smooth. The G wagons are pretty solid. I mean, they're built big time. I just mean, nobody uses them. They're I'm just going to say around colors. here, the way they go over those speed bumps in the Safeways parking lot, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that's not true. We have one that we have a friend that has one, but we took him up the mountains and it overheated in like a half an hour. Right. So yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that was a really old one though. So yeah. Nice. Uh, so how did the seats do? The real question. They Amazing. were a dream. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of the um, f- like kind of uh, f- not feedback, but tips people are trying to give you that have done it before um, 
are all about the fact that it, if, if something's not quite right, like if, if a seatbelt's chafing you or your suit's not right or um, the seats aren't comfortable, it's, it's five days of being stuck in that position. And so it can be, you know, you can, the discomfort can kind of keep, kick you out of the race. And so we were really worried about it. Um, and it was really smooth. It was perfect. It was, yeah, five days of just a dream. Hey, talking about testing your own product, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, we could sit in this for five days. We didn't shower either. Yeah, you yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah. Keep the windows open. So, yeah. obviously, the car collection is growing. Um, <laughs> seems to be mostly German, uh, minus the Fiat. Yeah. Uh, how did this all start? Did you guys did you guys separately have cars and kind of came together? Or? We've been together for a really long time. And so, when I, when I met Nicole, she had her high school Jeep Cherokee that she'd saved up and bought. And... Um, I was like, we can't, we can't have a Jeep Cherokee. So, um, <laughs> I like you. Your car has to go. But I've always been a wheeler dealer and actually like got put ourselves through college by buying and selling motorcycles and cars and fixing things up. And so it's like a, you put your eye on, you know, I, for instance, I really, when I was a younger man really wanted a 911 and we, there was a, uh, an 85 911 Carrera that I would see at the, this is going to date us, at the video rental shop down the street. And um, we were born in 79. I'm with you. Yep. yep. And and I would ask the guy, like, hey, man, are you gonna, you, will you sell me your car? And he's like, no, I'll never sell this car. It's going to go to the grave with me, you know? And then I'd ask him again. Oh, you said, are you going to sell your rad car out front? Come yeah, on, let's yeah, hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he finally sold that to me. And if, if, if at the point, at that time, I thought it was a huge amount of money. In hindsight, it was basically free um so so that car that 911 was gonna stay with me forever and <laughs> we moved to portland 15 20 years ago and i was driving by this house and the the garage door was up and i saw the a 356 poking out of the garage and i stopped to ask the guy about it and there was nobody around and the next day i would drove by again and the garage door was shut but he was outside walking like doing some lawn work and so i asked about the 911 and long story short is i bought that i was stocking your garage yesterday yeah. sir yeah. And, yeah. yeah well that's what he there was actually there was a Scirocco for sale out front and so i stopped to look at the Scirocco and and so he got mad at me, and then and I told him that at four o'clock the door was open, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I guess at four o'clock it was open." Um, <laughs> and so he kind of cooled down, and he needed money. So I, the the point is, like, you know, I sold the the car I'd never sell to get the three five six, and then the you know save money, and then we bought the Land Rover, and then turned that into seats, and then turned that into a G wagon, and then another G wagon, and you know that's how things happen. The rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. That's how G wagons are made, Dan. Yeah. 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 Like the German birth control. Yeah. <laughs> Just start with this discovery. <laughs> and the Porsche. And boom, you got the G wagon. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You're not that far off. No, you're not. You're really not. You're really not. You're really not. Oh, that's so, funny. Yeah, but you're sitting on a gold mine right now with what, three air cooled 911s? Yeah. Or? And yeah, one three five six. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you might as well just sell those and retire at this point. It's yeah. It's insane. It's yeah. Times have changed, man. It's Good honestly it taking the fun out of it. I like it. It's a lot more fun when you can just buy a car and fix it up, and and you know people don't don't freak out when you drive it to the gas station and tell you you know the three five six is like I think we 
we bought it for like nothing and now if you if we drive it people are everyone's like you know how much that's worth and it really takes the fun out of it my insurance man does and i'm yeah. still driving it yeah yeah, so, yeah exactly how'd you guys end up in portland why portland <laughs> that's a funny story um, so I like we it were, when both of them laugh yeah. we were living in Eugene because that's where okay. I'd gone to university and we had been I think I was out of school a few years and just Eugene's a great small town but from a career perspective it wasn't that great and so I basically came home one day and was a little bit fed up on my current job situation and I told Toby I'm like hey I'm moving to Portland and we're married at this point we own a house in Eugene and I'm like I'm moving to Portland if you want to come that's great I totally understand if you don't but I got to get out of here and go get a real job and so I why was, do I feel I was... like that's how the G-Wagon thing happened hey we're gonna race a G-Wagon you can come if you no, want at that time she had a 190 190- no. Diesel, Diesel with a yeah. manual. No. That was awesome. Best. No, I'm just saying, I think that's how she probably presented the, the G-Wagon thing. I'm going to race a G-Wagon. Yeah. You can come if you want. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly, exactly what she said. No, I'll find somebody else. We'll be exactly. good. Exactly. <laughs> you're pretty and I love you, but I can move this way. So you're just, you, you just, you're go, you're going to go to Portland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Up so the highway. All right. Basically, I was applying for jobs, got some great job offers, and uh, we moved to Portland. And so that was the funny part about the 356 stories. We were actually renting a bedroom at a friend's house up here because we had... <laughs> sold our house in Eugene. We're trying to figure out where to buy up here. Everything's in storage and we have way too many cars and there's room to park where we're staying at a friend's house. And then Toby comes home and he's like, I found another car. And I'm like, oh (laughs) dude, we just, that's like all of our down payment money. (laughs) Like, come on, you're killing me. You know, as, as you're thinking through, like we're living in a bedroom, we need to buy a house and you're buying another car. Awesome. <laughs> Seems logical to me. And I was going to yeah. flip it. So the the guy that was, um, when I found the car, he wouldn't let me drive it. And he gave me some arbitrary number that he had to have for it. And it was cheap enough. I, th- I honestly thought it was like needed everything. And when I went to pick it up with the cash, it turns out that it really only had 60,000 miles on it. And it ran and drove great. And um, so I ended up selling the, the 911 to my best friend and then keeping the 356 that I was going to flip, um, which I think ended up being a good, good It's move. cool because the 911 is, the 85 911 is still in the family. So it was actually one year we were down there at the holidays down in Eugene visiting our friend who bought it. And uh, our my BMW broke down in Eugene, so I had to leave it down there at the mechanic. And uh, he's like, oh, take your 911 home. I'm like, oh, it's great. So you get to borrow our old car back for a week while we're having our car worked on. So it was nice. That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah. That's fun. Oh. You got you to gotta have some other exciting car stories. You got enough in the stable there. How did the other ones come about? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> well, the, the, so we totally have this, of one, one of my right favorite there. cars. Is, is a, it's called a the, – the nickname is a wolf. It's a Mercedes G-Wagon um, wolf. And when, when you're a, a country like Germany or Austria or Switzerland and you're going to buy G-Wagons for your army, you get to spec out every single little detail of the truck so that – the Austrian trucks are way different than the German trucks. Um, and the, the German Wolf was is something that I thought was like the perfect spec because it has like the windshield folds down and the it's a soft top. It has the, the roll hoop like a, like a civilian cabriolet. And it has a manual transmission. Like the Swiss trucks all had automatics, which I'm, I'm not a fan of. So I... I wanted to buy one of these wolves because they're coming off they're coming off of the military um, rolls and they're selling you know hundreds of them for for cheap. But by the time I wanted one, the the price was so high in Europe that you couldn't buy one and then bring it here and still be you know above water. Um, and on Craigslist, this one pops up 
on we live in North Portland and there's a, a basically in North Portland it's on Craigslist and this this guy was using it as his daily driver and he was just a raging alcoholic so he was he was living on a houseboat and going to the bar and running into things I'm like where did this dent come from and he's like oh I might have hit something you know um, and he is full of like cigarette butts and but it was like my dream truck and so. I ended up getting it for like ignore that. Ignore that. Um, we got this thing for a total song because it, you know, he wasn't taking care of it. But that's the kind of kind of cool thing. Like, is the exact truck that I wanted to buy in Germany that was too expensive. Um, now, these G- these G wagons, they're they're the two door, correct? Yeah, it's a short wheelbase, two door. Um, it came with a naturally aspirated five cylinder diesel with a manual transmission with a but first gear is like an underdrive. So it's if you've ever driven a, a slow Mercedes diesel, like this is the like the definition of a slow Mercedes diesel. Um, and then we, we were really we're really fortunate to have a, a, f- a fun relationship with a, one of our dealers in um, Bend, Oregon called Fit Garage. And one of the, the guys that works at Fit Garage, he's just a, a Mercedes diesel nut. Um, and he started buying these. There's a there's a version of the five-cylinder Mercedes diesel that has a twin overhead cam. And it really it revs really high and makes a lot of power. And um, they came in like a, a C-class Mercedes. So he he um, had been converting his trucks to the swap. To the swap. And so we, we hired them to put this um, high-revving turbo diesel in the in the wolf so now that truck like it it hauls hauls balls and it's really fun to drive that's cool. awesome yeah, and that's... you have a really unique g-wagon because you don't see many no, any of those and it's, really it's really the perfect seat to show off our seats with the top down and um yeah it's awesome i think a lot of americans don't understand the how much history the g-wagon has i mean we yeah. do around here you see him somebody just drove off the lot paid the mercedes three hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is yeah it's never going to see dirt but don't worry they they optioned it with the bowl bar so you know oh, and that's yeah. important yeah. three lockers and portal three, axles yeah. And portal everything axles, yeah so nordstrom's never been more afraid yeah <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get into nordstrom's parking lot with yeah. that yeah really um work. But yeah, the, I mean, these were kind of the uh, kind of the jeeps of Germany, and, and they're just they're they're hard to kill, and they're 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 great cars, or I should say trucks. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there's um the the other one that's I'm really proud of. It's that a couple years ago we. <laughs> we there's a there's a car called a group uh, uh these these French brothers wanted to win the Monte Carlo Rally they they were independent Porsche racers um and in 1978 they took a 74 911 and they they made it um they kind of made their own wide body kit for it and and campaigned it in the Monte Carlo and at the last minute um a French cigarette brand came in and sponsored them and put a really beautiful livery on it. Uh, and then they won the Monte Carlo rally in this car. And it's become like a, a formula for tarmac European road rallies is like all the things that they did do it to, to make it work. Um, and so uh, my buddy, Jeff Gamroth at Rossport um, helped me build um, this car. So it's, it's a, it started out as a 74 911, just like theirs did. And it's got the group four body kit on it and, um, some really special wheels from braid, um, in Spain. And that's another good, um, yeah. working partner that we have is the, the braid importer, braid USA, um, Paul made some wheels for it. Um, so that car is really special to me because of the, the history of the, the Monte Carlo and the way it looks. Um, and then, the history of Scheele is that in the in the late 60s and early 70s, they made 
rally seats that were that were really kind of unparalleled. So if you were racing in the Monte Carlo Rally at that time, these are the seats that you would have. And and we're about to relaunch um, one of those seats um, at Rensport this year. So it's it's the we're in like the final final production, um, making all the jigs for the welding, and um, we're bringing that back. So that this red car will be the kind of showpiece to show off those um, those new seats. That's so awesome. Yeah, uh, congratulations really cool. on that. Nicole, do you have a project car? I mean, or cars, I should say, besides the race truck? The 993? Yep. It's not really a project. Okay. It's just you get to drive it, which is awesome. That's even better. <laughs> yeah, it's even better. 993s yeah. are awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, that was, the 993 was definitely, for me, it had been a, li- a car that had been on my list for a really long time. Um, when we were working in Eugene, my boss at the time had bought one. Gosh, what year was that? That was know, early 2000s. And he found one down in California, in the Bay Area. And so Toby and him flew down and picked it up and they drove it back home. And, uh, it was funny because my, my boss, I think he, he wasn't that great of a manual transmission driver back then because he hadn't, he'd been driving an automatic for so long, so he was like out of practice. And so Toby has a better narrative since he was there telling the story of uh, what he thought was a fire so we, we monster. Both, we, so this is a good buddy, and, and I, if you listen to this, it's all in good fun. Um, but we flew, <laughs> we, he asked me to help him drive it back, and we didn't have any time. So we flew to San Jose. And the, the seller of the car picked us up at the airport and we made the transaction. And then he's driving this like pristine, beautiful white or silver 993. And at every stoplight, it's like the car is like bucking and it's like really not smooth at all. And, and we're like, okay, let's get out of the city and the, the, take the, the mountain. There's the, the hills outside of San Jose. We'll, we'll take one of those routes up and over and, and we'll go through San Francisco and then come home, you know? And every time we stop and we, he has to shift it, it's like really not fun. It's really bucking and it's not smooth. And, and I think, man, this car is so high strung. It's like, it's like a supercar and it's really, it must be just such a struggle to drive it properly. You know, I'm thinking, that's what I'm thinking the whole time. And we, we got all the way to Humboldt with him driving and, and he's like, Hey Toby, I need you to, I need you to drive because I'm getting tired. It's like, it's like 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And, and I'm thinking like, I don't want to drive his supercar and it's bucking and like snorting and it's not smooth. And he's like, I, I really need you to drive it, Toby, because I can't, I'm just falling asleep. So we switch drivers and I hop in and drive it and it's like butter smooth. It's this, it's a perfect, amazing car. And so I just rip it. It was like this beautiful foggy evening with like windy roads and I'm driving this Carrera 4 993 that I haven't, it's not mine, it's his. And I just had the best trip ever. And then the next day, he comes to pick Nicole and I up for lunch and he's like, Hey, Nicole, do you want to drive it? And and he's driving it. So she's watching him drive and he's, it's bucking and snorting and it's not smooth. And then she hops in it and it's like it's butter smooth. And she's like, has no problem driving it. And he's like, what the hell? It's like, you guys suck. And so at the time too, we had had the 85 911. And so the transmission in that, we hadn't done anything. It didn't have the, I had the 915. Yeah, yeah. I had the 915. And so 
it just it needed more patience than I was willing to give it uh, in driving. And so hopping into the 993, I was like, oh my goodness, this is my car. And yeah. ever since then, we've, we started just kind of looking at them and saving up for it. And then finally, one popped up on the market a few years ago. That was like the perfect combination of what we were looking for in the right color. So that was... Which trim is it? It What's is... Two-wheel drive, yeah. narrow body. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it only had three options. It had a sunroof, a limited slip differential, and the hardback sports seats. Oh. And we... That's nice. Pulled I, the sports seats right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, actually, I felt guilty because we bought it to put our seats in as a test bed for our seats. And I'm I'm like, well, I don't want to pull out, like, the, the most sought-after, comfortable sports seat just to put our seat. Like, I love our seats, but they're, you know, are they... Is it sacrilege, you know? And so we, we picked the car up in uh, Palm Springs, and Nicole was so excited to drive her new car. And I'm following her in our other van, um, and she gets on the, on the speakerphone, and she's like, an hour into the trip, she's like, these seats are killing me. I'm like, me. pull over, I'm driving the van. <laughs> so I had to drive it the whole way home. She wouldn't drive it. I'm wow. Like, I'm like, it's these killing me. These seats are me. horrible. Get My in here and drive hurts. it. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I'm taking I'll the van with through. our seats. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I drive the Sprinter van the whole way home. Like, oh, at least I'm comfortable. Comfortable. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that's don't break fun. my new car. Yeah. Exactly. I'm watching yeah. you. <laughs> I drove um, so the new R8s. They have two seat options: the diamond quilt option, and it's not just the the trim; it's the actual seat itself and the sport seat. The really narrow one. The sport seat sucks mm -hmm. for me. I hate it. Hate it. But the other one fits great. You'd think a car like that new and that nice with that many adjustments would be like I'd be able to get in it. No, I've spent hours in those cars, and I hate the sport seats. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a, you know. Ferrari and Lamborghini and Audi and I mean they always have their comfort seats which are not comfortable. Even the McLaren seats were weird until I got like but it's odd the center, the one piece center seat is like a I, glove. I love it. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm the only person that can say that. Yeah, I, I think it's I'm great. Blessed to have the opportunity but I think it's an absolutely comfortable seat. And I think it's just because I'm sort of a doughy dude and I sort of like everything fits <laughs> in the little places. Yeah. So like, me you know, in this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once you're in like, it you're yeah. in it. But I mean so, yeah, when I drove that I think it was at the not the GT it was the you drove somebody? You drove somebody's with with the center seats in it. Yeah, seven twenty, yeah. I think. Yeah. And yeah, I loved it. I was like, these are perfect. And well, yeah, and then we were in a Roy Senna. Yeah, Roy Senna yeah. too. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. What is how much a seat changes a car? Absolutely, though. it's transformative. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I want to go backtrack. Why why weren't they selling these seats in the United States anymore? Like, what happened? Did the distributor just stop working, or what? What, there what was, was that story? In the 80s, there was some type of problem with the distributor and like a lack of payment for a container, you know, like a bad business deal. And um, it, honestly, the, the, the different cultures do business differently. And the, the Germans really don't necessarily understand that there's a market outside of German. They think this is a German seat. Germans understand German seats and they, they understand the market in Germany and they just weren't marketing outside of Germany. But even bigger, they weren't marketing in Germany um, except in some very, very um, narrow groups. So um, <laughs> this is a, this is an interesting story, but the, the village that we're in, just to give you an idea is 
not it's truly a village just north of um of stuttgart it's called pleidelsheim and the we've been going there for seven years and i heard some rumor that there was some some other company in pleidelsheim doing something with mercedes but i would never met them or seen anything um and this last time i was just there about a month ago i was driving down this this kind of bucolic road with grass on you know grassy fields and a hedgerow and i noticed that there was like an industrial park behind the hedgerow that i had never noticed before even though i'd been down that road a million times and so i pull in and have you ever heard of a company called mechatronic you should google that on your phone it vaguely sounds familiar mechatronic um mechatronic is like the absolute top tier Mercedes like service and and tuning for the Le Mans prototype CLKs like if you have one of those CLKs you would send it there for them to like rebuild it or oh. or refurb it um, and then they take pagodas like from the 60s the SL um, and they they completely refurb them with uh, a brand new AMG V8 running gear. So it's like it's like as if you're buying a brand new Mercedes, but it looks like a 1968 Pagoda. And they're I think in the I googled same the village. wrong thing because it says they're in Issaquah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but, yeah, Mechatronic yeah. with a K at the end. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Oh nope, yeah, I'm looking it. at their yep. Like yeah, here's an F40. Yeah, hmm. yeah. SLS so AMG. they're in the same the same. I mean, like this is a tiny village, and they're in the same tiny village. And so we. I was fortunate enough to get invited in and get a full tour of the of their. Oh, facility. Toby, was their garage open? <laughs> oh Did you man! Drive yeah, by? essentially <laughs> there was garage. Rough life. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. The yeah. But Shut just up. this is this is how this is how crazy it is. They're in the same village. They had never heard of Shilman before. They've <laughs> never heard of Shilman seats, and the people at our factory had never met them before. I'm the one that brought them together. <laughs> Although they did like take, they do like to take pictures. And so if you look at their Instagram, there's a bunch. They they the reason they are in actually was that they use the front of our building for their Instagram backdrops. And so we we're like, they, at first they said no when we wanted to meet them, and then we said, hey, you're using our building as your backdrop for Instagram, and they're like, okay, fine, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> fine, you got us. That's that's funny. amazing though. It's like they're just sort of. Like, we sell our seats to Germans, and Germans know about us, and if they want seats, yep. they'll come find yep. us. We don't need to talk to anybody else yep. in the town, and nobody else talk to us. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's funny. Well, yeah. That's just absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I find that that, that kind of happens in, 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 in Germany and France and stuff. There's all these, these massive companies. I mean, I've seen it a lot in the bicycle industry, like mountain bikes and stuff like that. There's just these little villages as everybody works there, but then they produce this massive product that goes out through around the world. So. Yeah. That's so neat. That's so neat. I mean, I mean. So you got you're you're introducing a new seat for uh, for for not Rentech. Um, Rensport. Rensport. That too. Yep. That yep. too. What else is happening in the seat world? <laughs> yeah. Well, you started off asking us uh, how are the seats in the conference room. Uh, mm. We actually are going to be bringing an office chair to market too. So. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So the. The, the seats are a tool to serve a purpose and they do, they do a job and that's to support you and allow your muscles to relax. And so a lot of our customers um, are not super affluent people that are looking for like an ego purchase. They're, they're looking to solve a, a problem with their body that they're, they're struggling with. And so over the last seven years, we've had these, these people with like really, really, um, 
transformational stories that they they'll come back to us and they'll say hey when i bought this i didn't tell you what was going on but I'm not comfortable when I'm at home on the couch. I'm not comfortable when I'm eating dinner. I'm not comfortable when I'm at work. But when I sit in the seat in my van that I bought from you, I am completely at ease and relaxed. And so I find myself, you know, going out at night and actually sitting in my van with my iPad to relax because my back's so bad. That's the only place that I can be comfortable. Um, and so the the business that we've built has really been based on the, that word of mouth, um, like, you know, getting the job done type of story. And so the the office chair um, project started out as a like people asking us like, can I have this in my office? And it's developed into a really cool thing where um, we, we found a supplier for the the, the base system, the, the mechanism um, and the wheels. We found a partner in Germany to make um, matches the quality of our seat and it's really smooth. And that's really exciting to be able to yeah. kind of offer that to people that need it. Yeah, we're going through the process of certifying it. And the other cool part too that we're working on is um, in addition to offering just an office chair, but we're gonna be offering a 24 hour chair, uh, which is really key. So you think about people who are working in dispatch centers, um, sitting for long periods of time. Fire department. Fire department. Yep. So this will be a, a new solution to the market, which we're really excited to offer. Yeah, well, and this is going to be. This is not a a seat that comes out of a car. This is a completely new seat because I have unfortunately sat in these these Sparco seats that somebody bolts a, a a spinny thing, and you go, "This is the." By the way, car seats in your in your office are the most uncomfortable thing unless they're they're ergonomic seats. So yep. Yeah. So this yeah, th th it's actually these are the car seats. There is some differences because there's a. Um, just from a certification standpoint, for instance, you can't have the backrest um, go, you know, crank back so far that the seat will flip over backwards. Um, Awkward. <laughs> but no fun in the Wee. office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the proof's in the pudding. We've been testing these with our our employees for the last year, and it's. <laughs> it's awesome honestly when you're working and you ha you know, you're working you're walking around doing something then you sit down you have this complete feeling of like peace come over you where your body just like relaxes it's it's really pretty cool so are they going to be as customizable as as the the car seats and things like that or is it going to be a kind of a yeah I say, yeah i hate the phrase generic but is it is it you're just going to be like this a is the standard. color that comes in it thank you standard yeah. so we, we will always have the option of custom and the the struggle with that is that is that people don't want to wait. So when I started doing this, every seat was custom. You know, you could pick the internal color and the external color and the stitching and every option. And once I started doing some um, some data analysis, I, I could see what people wanted. And so we stock those seats now. And that's almost exclusively what people buy is what we have in stock. Um, but if you're willing to wait for it, we can make you a you know, lime green leather seat um, with your name on it, man. Orange. Orange. How's he know? Yeah. How's he know? No. <laughs> More of a Milwaukee red kind of guy, yeah. but that's okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So how does this process work? I mean, if somebody is, it doesn't live locally, I mean, and do they do they need to come to you to be measured and things like that? Or can this be done yeah. over the internet? So 90% of the seats that we sell are done with a consultation over the phone or the email and talk about how tall you are and how wide you are and um, what you're doing with it and what kind of car it's going into. And then we match it up. Um, and it's been really successful. So, you know, in seven years, we've only had a couple people where it's like, Hey, this doesn't work for me. So, um, yeah. 
and then we have we have dealer network throughout the country so the, and that's, that. that's yeah. growing um, and we've got some amazing partners that you know we can connect you with and um, and then that's even the, it's even better when you can sit in person and and feel what it's about because it's it's all about the feeling and you can't ex- you can't describe a feeling you have to feel it <laughs> Like your ad, we send all of our customers out on their ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just good marketing. It is good marketing. Your butt will thank you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those are beautiful. Um, so if people want to get a hold of you, it's, uh, let's see here, shield-man.com. That's S-C-H-E-E-L-M-A-N-N.com. Um, and it's, and then Shield Two ends because it's twice the man. That's yep. right. Yep. All man. Yeah. Yep. All man. Yep. Except for Nicole. And uh, you guys, uh, if they can, they see you in Portland. Do you guys have a showroom in Portland? Yeah, yeah, we're actually right by the airport. We have a, a really nice showroom, and uh, we have the collection of crazy cars on display. So you can come in and check the rally truck out, or if you want to know what a wolf looks like, you can come take a seat. Gosh. The rally truck is. We're just bringing Smoke up tool. Yeah. yeah, you should. People should check out the Instagram yeah. uh, Shieldman USA because man, they have some awesome photos. It's not just a bunch of seat marketing. It's cool stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which is also cool. Actually, stuff, actually just like, like a little <laughs> shout out there. They're one of the partners that we have on the in the race is has it um, tools from Germany, and oh, yeah. their distributor yeah. is is called Anglo American Tools, and they're the distributor for the Knipex as well. So the um, the first time we that went was to an s- accident. We didn't plan that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. really funny. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, there's some, we've, we've had some really fun partners we've met over the years, and it's cool to help them out. That's absolutely amazing. I really appreciate you guys taking yeah. time out of your, your busy schedule to do this. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it, that's the whole part of this is to kind of get people to let to kn- get to know you outside of what you do with the sh- uh, your seats and things like that. But I'm glad to hear more about that. But we really <laughs> thank you for taking the time. You too. Yeah, yeah this has been yeah. great. Thanks for having yeah. us. Good. I'm glad you guys came on. I'm just, uh, I'm still just drooling over the social media you guys have from the vintage Broncos to the, you know, the vans, everything overland to sports cars. Like they really got the, the bases covered. And this is a really classic, beautiful design. He's going to be totally useless the rest of the night. <laughs> probably true. More so than other nights. Yeah, I'm not going there. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks again. And thanks again. Uh, for this episode of the Avance podcast, as always, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.